Welcome home. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Graham. And this podcast is the home at class you wish you'd been offered. We're two moms aspiring to create gracious homes that are welcoming and functional, all while dealing with real life schedules, budgets, and children. Stick with us and we'll share and show what we know, what we've learned, where we've messed up, and how to fix it. For everything we can't make up, we'll bring in the best experts we can find. You're listening to Welcome Home, part of the Life Listen Network. On today's episode, we're now accepting membership applications and we're talking all about clubs. Mom clubs, dad clubs, just any way for like-minded people to come together to create community around shared interest. We'll talk about what clubs we've enjoyed being part of and what actually makes a good club work. Plus, how Kirsten was really the brainchild behind Blockbuster Video, a club where hamburger consumption is not required, but strongly encouraged. And guess which host once had an entire organization created just to bring her down? All that and more on today's episode of Welcome Home. Welcome home, Graham. Welcome home, Kirsten. And welcome to Welcome Home, the podcast. I, like, will never not be awkward saying <laughs> It's kind of a weird name, but it's ours, so there you go. We're kind of weird. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I guess anyone who listens is part of the club. Man, our club has actually grown a lot lately. Can we touch on that for two seconds? Thank you to everyone who's listening. We have some new listeners out there. Um, And if we haven't officially welcomed you, welcome home. You can follow us on Instagram at the Welcome Home Podcast. And if you enjoy the show, just share it with another friend because we kind of consider this a home. A club of sorts. Okay, the reason we're talking about clubs is because that is the topic of the show, which you all already know because you can see the title of it. So yeah, we're talking about clubs today. And this episode came about because we have a listener. This is very random how this came about, but we have a listener who has written to us. She's the sweetest listener. She's written us a couple emails. Um, we won't say her name to protect. Well, actually, why do we have to protect her anonymity? Like, like listening to our show is a big disgrace. Yeah, but also her name's Heidi and she's awesome. And I mean, double dip can dare you to figure who that <laughs> Don't is. Don't try to track down Heidi because we'll never give her up. We'll never. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she wrote us and said, will you do a show on photo organization? Because, you know, um, just as we all know, now we're taking 8 million pictures. It's not like the old days where you had 24, 24 pictures on your camera and you're like using them very sparingly. Then you'd print them and you'd do a scrapbooking. And we kind of, we had said, yes, let's totally do that. We totally do that. And then Graham and I kind of realized, we don't know what to do because it's really hard. It's a very legitimate question. And I don't know, maybe we can find an expert for this one because it's really hard to do. Everyone wants to hear about photo organization. Everyone literally is struggling with this. So um, I know, and I know, well, I know we can get into all the different things we'll try, but let's save that for another episode. But the point is we talked about, remember the old days of scrapbooking clubs? Wouldn't it be great if there was some sort of digital photo organization clubs? And it started this whole conversation between Graham and I of what clubs are out there, this whole phenomenon of mom clubs, and why we're all kind of doing the same clubs, and wouldn't it be cool if we were doing different clubs and more useful clubs? Or, yeah, or, just or is it not on? cool? Or is it like, no, nobody wants to come to your club? Or are we, or are we, the, only, or are we the only people who are in them? So, for example, um, when we talk about clubs, in case anyone's still confused, um, we're talking about, like, if you ever were part of a bunko group or a book club, that kind of thing. But we're going to go much deeper into it. Um, and we're and also kind of- going to learn about the most interesting city in the world as far as clubs, which is Birmingham, Alabama. There's a club <laughs> for everything. Every time I talk to Graham, she's like, okay, we got to record real quick because I got to go to... Blank club. I'm like, that's really a club, Graham. How many clubs do you remember of now, Graham? Like 27? I think, 
I think that's um, indicative of smaller town America. And I really, this is one of the things that I, I charge anyone who kind of turns up their nose at living in a smaller place. I think that when you don't have as many like cultural resources or what, you know, just kind of the larger city atmosphere, there are so many secret layers to a town. And I think that you would, I actually think that you would find clubs all, you know, in these kind of ways that people make little groups and, Right, but I think also your your perspective is very not normal, Graham, because most people would consider Birmingham like I mean they're not going to consider it you know London, but I don't think Birmingham is a small town. I think you're you're comparing it to growing up in New York, but like Birmingham is not a small town. Like a no, small town is like where I lived. I've lived like where we went to college, Lexington, Virginia. That's a small town. Yeah, but like, there were a million clubs. When there, I lived in Cadillac, Michigan, that was a small town. When I lived in Watertown, New York, that was a small town. Those are small towns. Birmingham is not a small town. Like how many targets do you have? And does everyone know six months before the first target is coming? Like, okay, if you true. can answer one or less, like, yeah, you're in a whole different realm. Even Charlottesville. Doesn't even Charlottesville have two targets? I don't know. I haven't been there in ages, but yeah, I feel like there was but anyway. two, I feel like it's a two target town. I might right. be wrong. Charlottesville not is a small different. town, but you know what I'm saying? Like the more time you spend somewhere, that's my whole concept. That's why I always love that thing in the New York times where they do 36 hours in. Do you remember that article? Like Mm-mm. they'd, they take a random town like Sheboygan or, you know, Lexington, Virginia or wherever it was. And they do, it was an article, it was a whole series called 36 hours. And basically the concept was you can go anywhere on the map and have an enjoyable 36 hours. Oh, for sure. For sure. But someday let's also do an episode on small towns, big towns, medium towns, because I honestly think I might live in a small town. Like sometimes I watch baby boom just because like, (gasps) Who doesn't just it to just think about so that good. apple orchard and making your own applesauce? But then there's also the whole empire that she started. I think that appeals to some level. <laughs> some level. To be a okay. baby food. Back to clubs. What okay, are your clubs. first memories of clubs? Because I know mine. Okay, share yours because my, my memory is a little fuzzy. Well, I remember a couple. One is I remember reading Babysitter's Club when we were little. And mm. do you remember that was like the first kind of my first idea of let's get a group together and we'll be organized and we'll have meetings and something. I don't know. I wonder if it's a girl thing, but there was something really enticing about being in a Babysitter's Club. And I think probably a lot of people listening started one on their own at some point. I would I would say maybe 80% of our listening audience has been in a babysitter's club at some point. I agree. Um, I had, um, we had a playhouse in our backyard and that was really, it didn't really matter what the club was. It was just more about the meeting. Like yeah. let's go to the, let's go to the playhouse and let's have a meeting. Right. I don't think we ever really booked any babysitters gigs <laughs> through it, but, um, but it was a good idea of community babysitters. All about old business and new business. And then I had one of my first clubs was called the Bionic Bikers because I used to love to, and I was actually the only girl in the club. It was with all my little kind of neighbors and we would go around and we'd bike our neighborhood and we would meet. And then if we saw trash, we would pick it up. Oh, that I like was, that. It's like, that is, that is the first science of your community organization bent. I mean, like that was back in like 1987. So yeah, that was no, well, the word bionic gave us a clue that you were a child of the eighties for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We, um, I, I had a video rental club. I don't know if it's really a club as much <laughs> as a business. <laughs> Way back in, I don't know why. Why did it, Why did you guys not encourage me to be an accountant? Like from the very beginning, I have loved a spreadsheet and a very orderly check system. So Please. I organized 
all of my VHS tapes. I loved to tape things. That was one of my passions. Well, I guess I did go into broadcast journals when there was a lot of video cassette management. Oh, is that when you were like waiting precisely for the second that the totally, show was- Totally. I wanted to get like the Disney logo coming up. So I'd like sit there waiting, like commercial break, you know, my mom's bringing mac and cheese. I'm like, do not interfere. I'm on the prowl. Which is, by the way, in case you're wondering who edits the show, it's me. So I would press record and play. And I would, and I, I, you know, I collected quite a large collection of highly-rated movies from, from TV. Sometimes I would even try to, like, not record during the commercials. But anyway, I would check them out to people. And I made membership cards, and I had, like, a whole system, and you could check it out for, like, one day, and you'd get, like, a, a special sticker. That's amazing, Kirsten. I never knew that about you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was like, we had a guy in our middle school. His name was Gasagar Puji. And before I'm giving him up because he was doing bad things. And I remember in chorus, he would sit and he, for some reason, had access to dirty movies and he would rent them out <laughs> to the boys in our, and I remember there was like a whole, you'd go over to, I wasn't part of it, but we knew it was going on. You'd go to his book bag and you could like get a DVD to rent. <laughs> or no, it wasn't DVD. It was VHS. <laughs> oh yeah, DVD. Uh, but did he have a chart? Like how did he manage his rentals? Because I would I actually love to talk to that guy and kind of find out his, how his system worked because there was a couple there's a couple flaws in my process he made a killing all right so just out of curiosity what do you think okay no i'm just i'm looking at the outline and i'm like so excited to talk about the next club wait what club are you excited to talk about go for it I'm, i'm looking at the outline are you looking at the outline oh the most terrible club ever formed i think we've discussed this before um go for it (laughs) <laughs> so there was a club when we were in college. What year did you find out about the club, Graham? Oh, I think when I was a senior or maybe after, right after graduation. It was very rude. It was called G-A-G, gag. <laughs> <laughs> Our school mascot was the generals. The club was generals against Graham. <laughs> <laughs> and it was called gag. <laughs> there, there weren't a lot of members, so I was not in the club. I'm a very polarizing person. You either <laughs> really like me or you really don't like enough that you don't. That's evidenced by our IT reviews. <laughs> I hate, yeah. You'd, you'd want to start a hate group. But that that was a club. I mean, I guess that girl who started it started, like, created membership and asked other people if they wanted to be in gag. Um, generals against Graham. <laughs> I was never a member. Right. Allegedly. Program. Although my Harrison, my Harrison said he was a member. He might have been. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's take an overarching stance to this. Let's have some structure and order. Do we like the idea of being clubby, like being in these clubs? Because I I think that is the first thing to talk about. I like it in theory because like, as we're talking about like, oh, wouldn't that be great to have a group? Like, okay, let's be very thoughtful for a minute. Mm -hmm. You do become who you surround yourself with. And I do like the idea of like, I think as a mom um, and a a stay-at-home mom, a mom of young children, um, it's very easy to kind of, you know, you're always last. And so I feel like uh, I like the idea of a club if it is like supporting you and pr- helping you pursue your interest or helping you learn something or even just being like a really fun time with people you enjoy. So on one level, I really love the idea of clubs. Gosh, mm-hmm. my voice got really high there. I really love the idea of clubs. But on another level, like when you're actually sitting down and you're like, oh no, it's six o'clock on a Wednesday night. Like, oh, I don't have time for this. You know what I mean? That's the yeah. hard thing. It's like, you're saying, every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. So I do love clubs, but I also feel like there have been seasons in my life where I was overdoing it on clubs. Um, and right. And then I started saying no, and now I actually have enough time where I could maybe say yes to some more clubs. 
nobody's oh. inviting you anymore. <laughs> yeah, but they're like, Kirsten's never going to come. But, and I also, I also don't, the one thing that is tricky about clubs is I feel like if you say yes, then you have to say yes. Like, that's the one thing that annoys me is like, and I get it, everybody has their, you know, the thing they commit to and then they don't commit to, but it's kind of like when we talked about all the party, party planning stuff and the RSVPs, like you don't want to be flaky on people because that's not fair to the people who plan the club or the other people oh. who are committed to the club. Well, so yeah. thoughtful on what I say yes to. Well, okay. We're doing a that whole episode on that. on that. It's, I actually put it in our outline. I don't even know if you've seen it, Kirsten. It's called RSVP'd off. Um, and I have a whole, I can do a full episode on how important I think it is to honor your commitments. Um, and like, basically your word is your bond. We're going to do a whole episode on that. So stay tuned. Yeah. Okay. Kirsten's like, to say on that. yeah, Kirsten says that does not sound fun, but no, I do. It does I, sound fun. It does sound fun. I think it's important. I think the type of people that listen to our show are probably the lovely people who think that's important. We're the type of people who like to throw parties, who like to be in clubs. And there's nothing worse than when you, you know, make the time, you tell your parents, you tell your, you know, spouses to watch the kids, put the kids to bed so you can show up. And like at the last minute, five people have flaked on showing up somewhere. So what I was saying about clubs is I think when you do it, what I've noticed, the most successful clubs are the ones that actually have rules and boundaries and actually go by some sort of bylaw and strict meeting attendance and actually have some sort of form or structure. And that sounds really annoying and it seems like it takes a little bit of the wind out of the sails and the fun out of the event, but I found that those are always the most successful. Those are always the ones that seem to like stand the test of time. You know what else is kind of related to that, which is, which is a double-edged sword, but like a membership dues. You know what I mean? Like I've had, I was in one club and we had to pay membership dues you know, and I was kind of like, they, I I think the club was fine financially. Um, And, you know, I said, well, should we maybe lower the dues since, since it's like, you know, you're meeting your, you know, needs. And she said, no, because if we lower the dues, we found that people don't come. So that's interesting. You know what I mean? You would think like, who wouldn't want to pay a little less? And it's like, everyone raised their hand, but then it's Mm -hmm. like, but are you really going to come? Right. Because they don't take it seriously. Right. Absolutely. Well, and I'm in, I'm in a club now too, where if you RSVP and you don't show up, you get charged. My um, husband, well, we'll get to husband's clubs. My husband has a club that's very, that, that's very similar to that. Yeah. I kind of, I mean, I kind of like it because technically someone's bought you. Well, this is for my RSVP'd off episode. That I yeah, wait. <laughs> let's save it for RSVP'd let's, off. Let's save it. Save oh, it. It's going to be a hat. club. We, yeah. Your actual we membership and participation, participation is important. Let's, okay. let's leave it at that because I think there is a big thing in there. All right. So let's just, let's dive in a little bit in case people are thinking this is a little amorphous. Some clubs that we've all been in. A book club. Are you in a book club right now? Um, yeah. Okay. Well, you said Bible study. We call it Bible study, but the reality is it's book club. It's just like Christian book club or like very loosely Christian book club. And how often do you get together? We do every other week. And we actually sat down the very first one and we talked about it. We're like, do you want to do weekly? Do you want to do monthly? Do you want to do, and we said every other week was kind of enough to where we would still have that um, commitment. But then we would also have every, every week was too much. And if you miss one, it felt like it didn't matter. Okay. So yeah. I like a quarterly book club. I think a book club is a very ambitious thing. Wait, 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 but let me clarify. We do one book a semester. So we only talk about like two chapters. Okay. So, because again, well, this isn't like a reading a fiction book. This is like we read a book about parenting or whatever, but you know, or we read like um like mm-hmm. a more deep spiritual book. So it's like there's stuff in there you want to talk about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not like a it's more like reading a nonfiction book. So that has, you know, for two chapters, there might be a lot of good conversation material. So that's why we 
That's why we do one chapter. Well, that reminds me. So my favorite club, which never caught on, I don't understand why more people don't like it. When I was in DC, which I think was like very cerebral atmosphere, I was in something called a column club. Have I told you about that before? Mm -hmm. I love this. I don't know why people don't do this. I felt like a better person. So basically you have, you get a group of maybe eight, 10 people, whatever it is, 10 women, men, doesn't even matter. And what happens is every time you meet, so let's say you meet once a month, one member of the group is responsible for sharing a column, like a newspaper column or an article. Like it's a co like a column of a newspaper is what it comes from. An article that they find thought provoking and worthy of discussion. You know, so let's say you read something really interesting in the Atlantic, which usually has great stuff or, you know, just whatever you like to read. And then you sit around and you discuss the column. But it's something where if you need to, you can even, it's not so long that you couldn't print it out at the meeting and have everyone read it there and discuss mm. it. I, I did that. I did like a mentorship group and they did one newspaper or magazine or whatever, but like a current event article. And that is so interesting. You're right. You're right. And it's almost like reading a whole nonfiction book, but just. Right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like a whole book can be so much these days. A column club was perfect, but of course it was one of those that, you know, I think we met three times and then wah, 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 we were done. I love that idea though. And, and to answer your question about book club, I, so I'm not in a book club, but we do this thing in our school where we have an auction and we have these hosted parties. So everyone will pay to go to the party and they mm -hmm. like they sell tickets and the host sponsors the party basically so you'd pay i think our party was like twenty dollars and um and you'd come and you'd have read the book and we had just had like snacks and wine and talked about the book um but it was really fun and all of us were like let's do it again let's just make it a book club and we're all like yeah and then we've never met again maybe i shouldn't call all those people it because it really was have to have officers you have to have bylaws you have to have dues i'm telling you if you want a club to work it's got to someone's got to man someone's that someone's got to make it their baby Right. Because again, let's reiterate, there's a difference here between friends who meet up socially. And I was thinking about this when we thought it like meeting up with a group of people socially is one thing. We're talking about clubs, something that has organization and structure. Right. But it's hard because meetings together socially, it's like by the time I've invested in like, who haven't I seen in a while? Gosh, I miss seeing them. When would they get together? What's their schedule like? Are they working? Am I working? You know, by the time you've done all that, you might as well just organize a club. Well, it's better and you meet more frequently. For example, our supper club. Are you in a supper club? No. Okay. Well, we had a supper club for many years. Um, that's, they're very popular here. A lot of people kind of have these dinner clubs. It's like Okay, explain supper club. Okay, it's just five or six people get together, five or six couples or anyone, people, and um, you, can, you don't have to be married to do it. And you basically, once a month, someone hosts at their home and I love eating in people's homes. It's so nice. It's so just, it's just such a fun, lovely thing, but it's hard. It's no joke. I mean, I think the problem with ours maybe is we ended up with like seven couples. And I think a lot of people get, you know, they get a little intimidated having to have 14 people in their home, but there's you can't so have 14. You can't have 14. I did a, I did a dinner party and it was for 14 and 14 is a killer because a hard number. Everybody has 12 of everything. In fact, yeah, I would even me. say, I would even say the ideal is 10 because you've probably misplaced or broken two of things. <laughs> or even, you know, eventually somebody can't make it the one time. But what it was, what the reason it worked and we saw those people more than we saw anyone else is because it had structure and it had order. And then if you don't. So who that, started just, the club? Let's, let's talk about, cause that actually sounds like something I would really want to do. My husband keeps saying like, let's have a dinner party. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And then we don't do it. So, right, but dinner parties are random. Dinner parties, dinner are, parties are random. Show. But what I'm saying is like, what if we had a supper club? 
So that's what we did. So when we moved, right. How do you we got really excited. We basically said, because they're popular here and people don't think they're, you know, it's it's not like a strange concept we had to explain. When we moved here, we found like a group of, I think we put it together. We found a group of maybe two other couples that we knew that we knew that we wanted to see with regularity. And then we said to them, hey, we're new in town. Can you guys each invite a couple that you think would be fun to join us? And so we ended up with like five or so. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. So everybody picked another couple to bring in. So, you know, you kind of had fresh new people to meet. That was fun. I love that. I'm okay. I really, really like that. And I would really like to do that and start that. But I feel like that's almost like, you know, when you ask people to be your bridesmaids on a one hand, it's like, it's a huge honor. But on the other hand, it's like, and I'm going to have you fly out to two different events and you're going to have to buy a dress and you're probably, you know what I mean? It's also like, it's asking a lot of people, like how frequently to say like, give me one Saturday a month. Well, and it, that's a lot. Maybe you do it every other month. That's the thing. That's why you need structure and order. You can't just do these things willy nilly. Wouldn't it be great if you could like send out, you know how people say like, first 10 to respond, get a free trip. Like, what, if you, <laughs> what if you pick like your top 30 and you're like, first 10 to respond, get to be in my summer club. I don't know about that. I don't know if that would, maybe, I mean, or maybe in your column club. Supper club's serious. Like that's, those have got to be people you really want to spend some time with. Maybe the every other month though. Well, we actually, our church does this thing called dinner for six and it's once a month. And it's, and when you, this is interesting. This is a great idea for like, I mean, I don't know how you would do this. Maybe if you could get like 80 people in it, but what they do is they organize just dinners for six. So like, you know, every other Saturday or whatever, first Saturday a month, I'm not sure how, how, how often it is, but I think it's once a month, but they take all these people that have said, yeah, I'll do dinner for six and they mix them up. And so you don't know who's going to be there, but you know, it's going to be six people. We've done and, that a few times with our church, like in your kind of age bracket. Yeah. Know, is that like, kind of fun? Like let someone else fun. organize it? Oh yeah. We had, a, we, honestly, I, we, I think we only did it once at our church, but it was really nice. Like we liked it. We liked the people we went out with. They were fun. Like actually we probably should have seen them again, but I guess we were lazy and we we're like, oh, the church will just do it for us. Mm-hmm. Um, what about, are you any kind of game clubs? Like Bunko, is Bunko still going on or did we age out of Bunko? Or like I was more. in Bunko, but I mean, I think the evolution of a Bunko club is that it just, you play Bunko the first time and then maybe the second time. And then like by the third time, everyone's like, should we play? Oh, maybe next, next time we'll, we'll really do Bunko. And then no one ever even brings dice is what I assume happens. And then, yeah. Then I ended up having to, that was one of those clubs where I realized I was having to say no more than I could say uh-huh. yes. And I was like, you know what? I've got to bail out because I don't want to be an RSVP'd off that anybody... No, so I, yeah, I quit Bunko, but yes, um, I think my Bunko group is still going strong. Mm-hmm. And then how long before we age into bridge? <gasps> oh gosh. Well, you and I, you and I, you know, we're like 20 years ahead. Uh, <laughs> so Graham and I, in case anyone is new to the show, Graham and I are both 39. We're both almost 40. And well, you just turned 39. I'll turn mm-hmm. 40 in October, but um, Oh, I know it's weird, but we have a, a good chunk of listeners who are about 20 years older than us. We do. So Welcome. We do, which is so much fun. And, and, and it's because Graham and I have always been 20 years ahead. So That's for sure. <laughs> not, in, not in any of the ways that like matter, but just in our taste. Yeah. But so if there's, if anyone has any wisdom to share about the power of bridge, I, so I do Graham like and it. I both play bridge and love bridge, but, and I've actually gone and like sat in at, at bridge time and, uh, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely the youngest one there. But I, I find don't... it to be like wildly seductive. Like there's something that I just, when you see something and you just want to be a part of it, but you Bridge know is so fun. Barrier well, to entry. 
my um, mother, my parents met playing bridge and then my, yeah, they met playing bridge. They were set up to be bridge partners. And um, then my mother-in-law, she's in a bridge club and she, uh, she wanted to teach us all the part bridge. So we played bridge this summer on a family vacation. Mm-hmm. Like the first hour we're like, this is crazy. This is crazy. Oh my goodness. By the end of the trip, we were up to like two or three in the morning, just playing bridge. It was, it's so much fun. Yeah. It's a really sharp bridge game. Is awesome. Okay. What's the weirdest club you've been in? Mm, that's all right. I know. Why don't you answer this question, Graham? Because I feel like you <laughs> have been in some clubs that they're not weird, but I've never heard of these things. Well, I was in, <laughs> I'll tell you one when, well, this isn't super weird, but I was in a, um, I'm in a burger club where we go around and eat hamburgers. And that's fun. I love okay. that. Yeah. I, she's literally been like, Kirsten, we got it. We got to finish this recording because I got to go to a hamburger club. And I was like, <laughs> you have to go where? it's just a reason we started a hamburger club and how many hamburgers are there to eat and how frequently do you eat these hamburgers oh my gosh one of my very dear friends who lives nearby and her mother actually is in a famous hamburger club club. oh yeah like we're like third generation hamburger club um so well unfortunately we not only is it a fun group of girls that get together and like we go and we sample hamburgers which is super fun but we have rules that's what i'm saying like you gotta have rules the rules are is like if you don't want to eat a hamburger that day you don't have to but what you can order a salad because sometimes it's just a lot to eat a hamburger um although I can always eat a hamburger but we always order one for the table so like everyone can have a bite oh, so you can that, sample? like yeah you have to a, a hamburger must be ordered for the table yeah um and then we've actually segued a little bit like we've moved because we've We've done a lot of burgers around town and it's oyster season. So now we are, um, Oh, I saw the invitation that hamburger club is having an oyster party. Yeah. So we're, we're going to sample some oysters. Um, you know, it's just like a reason to get together with friends, but like learn something and try something new. Um, there's travel clubs. Wait, 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 wait. hold on. You don't just jump off hamburger club. There's a few more questions I have for you. Okay. So do you remember when Hardee's had the $6 or what was it called? Oh my gosh. What was do it I called? Remember? Like the $12 burger that was $6 oh. or $12. Oh. $4 or what it was. Do you remember that? Oh, what was that? Oh, the, yes. I, what was it called? The thick burger, the Hardy's thick burger. No, yes, it was like legitimately called like buy it. And like, it's like, this is a $12 burger. Like the kind you would go to a nice restaurant and order. Oh, I remember. And like they had $5. the big thing was Paris Hilton was like eating one of those. They had all those like very pretty women, like attacking hamburgers in the yeah. advertisement. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when you talk about burgers, are you going to like fancy restaurants and ordering their hamburger? Are you like sampling yes. all these like burger chains that are popping up? Do you guys have a lot of burger chains? Cause I know we have a lot of chains here. Oh yeah. We don't have yet. We go, we go high and low. Like we'll we go do high and low. Cool. and then we'll do the fancy restaurant hamburger. Okay. That's so, what I was yeah. about to ask you just real quick, because this is an, this is a special moment to have an expert on, on the body <laughs> for everything we don't know. Um, what is your favorite burger that's like a chain burger we all would know. Not like a, oh, this really fancy restaurant in town does a mean burger. Like this is a. Well, I mean, I'll down a Whopper like any day. Burger I, I mean, Yeah, I'll burger. If I didn't eat a burger, I would go hardcore Whopper, ex, maybe even extra mayo. I mean, it depends. I might be pregnant if I did that, but I love a Whopper. Okay. You're, I mean, you're asking me fast food? Yeah, well, yeah, I was, I was thinking more. I mean, I was kind of including like all these like kind of hipstery chains like oh you were allowing hipster chains oh yeah, yeah 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 yeah. no i'm talking about like including like the five guys and the shake shack and the in and out but you know what i mean like all these kind of cool mine is just like the messier the better the so messier, we better. yeah it's got to have everything on it i mean it's got to like fall apart on you mm. so i'll put i mean tons of pickles everything 
we've really digressed on clubs. I know. Well, I do. I have an expert. Okay. What's your favorite? Well, that's the thing. My son, I did a little movie date with my son yesterday and he wanted to go to Shake Shack beforehand. And like, mm-hmm. um, I think, I mean, it's fine. It's like, fine. It's fine. Like, it I don't, I don't get why everyone is obsessed with Shake Shack. No, I don't either. I think it's because everyone loves, what is it? Danny Meyer. Um, the restaurateur who started Shake Shack. Oh, okay. See. Um, okay. I don't know. Um, now, what about what is your your dance club, Graham? We're not doing. Oh, my dance club. You know, I, that's actually very special. I'm very honored to be in a dance club, although I've not gotten to do anything with them yet. Um, that. But just to clarify, there's no actual dancing involved. No, there's dancing. No, 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 there is dancing. Again, I can't speak 100% to it because I haven't been to my first meeting, but they take it very seriously here in town. It's a group. So basically it's done by the, um, I think the year you graduated high school and they give you like two years. So I was a 98 grad. So like, let's just hypothetically say the 98 year grads and the 99 year grads will be lumped together and they elect a certain number of members. um, So it's capped by numbers. And they, you put in a certain amount of money. And I think maybe once a year, they host like a, a dance, basically. Like a party. Oh, okay. Oh, fun. Okay. I didn't, so it's not, okay. So by a day, it's not like you're meeting to like this week, we're going to learn the Samba. Oh no, but that would be great. No, no, no. It's like a couple, it's a pure. Okay. So it's almost like a party. Right. I don't think there's a charitable arm. I think it's just, you show up. You just throw a party to have a party. Okay. That's, that's cool. Um, It's kind of fun. No, I was actually pretty honored to be asked to be in that because I was like, well, you don't really want money from me and you're not asking me to like volunteer. So they're not asking to dance on stage. Right. Like, yeah, you don't, you don't really need anything other than just me showing up and hanging out. Okay. That sounds lovely. I'll do that. Okay. And then you're also in garden club. Do you guys actually garden? No, but we have like five meetings a year. We have, oh, garden club's fun. We have a plant swap. We have a Christmas meeting. And then we have um, like speakers that come in for the other two meetings. Do they talk about gardening things? There's like a bajillion garden clubs in Birmingham. Yeah. I mean, it depends. Like we'll have one. I feel like garden clubs have been around forever, but like no one's asked me to be in one. I don't know anyone in one and I don't think I could find one to join. I know. That's what I'm saying. Okay. We have a lot of people listening guys, what are you doing? Like, what kind of clubs are you in? Please let us know. Like, we actually want to know. Kirsten and I tried to come up with our best list, but we know there's more out here. Like, we just know. Like, you had Stitch and Bitch. That's a good one. We've, oh, I've never been in that I've one. never been in that one either, but that is... Um, but that's popular. People do that. Clubs. Well, no, again, like, I want to be in one, but I, I don't have one. And because I, I, I just want someone to teach me how to needlepoint because it looks like something that would really, like, you know, satisfy my hands while I'm watching a show. It is, it is the hottest thing. Okay, so here's a little side into Graham and Kirsten crazy. So, you know, we we can kind of see where we're ranked in our category on iTunes. And, you know, and we've been very fortunate that like things have crept up over time. But like, depending on the episode, like you creep up, you creep down, you're constantly moving. It's very fluid on iTunes. But <laughs> there's this one podcast that's in our same category. That's on- No, we've and- moved on now because we're not oh. in, we're not in um, design, any, design anymore. But she like- People love their needle pointing. It's got to, I mean, we must be missing out. Maybe we should do an episode on needle pointing. I would, lo- I would love for someone to come and teach my neighbor needle points and she's always posting on Instagram the cute stuff she makes. And it's like, it's oh, huge. It's huge. Okay. Let's right. talk about some very specific clubs that we've been in that like no one else will relate to, but maybe they're like, oh yeah, I'm in a club similar to that. Okay. Go for like, it. Like I'm thinking your law spouse's club. 
Oh yeah, lost spouses club. Yeah, but that got um, that got disbanded because the, allegedly the president was embezzling chapter dues. That was when we first moved for Harrison to go to law school. We moved to Tuscaloosa. You know, honestly, I showed up without a job. We were newlyweds. It was very old school. I eventually found work, but I got this like flyer in my mailbox that said there was a lost spouses. Wait, you found work and you went back to school. You went and got an MBA. Yeah, exactly. I ended up working pretty hard, but, um, but there was a lost spouses club. Cause I mean, this is, I don't think it exists anymore. Cause in a way it's kind of old fashioned, like, Oh, your husband's off at law school. Like let's, you know, but at the same point in time, if you need to meet friends, you need to meet friends. <laughs> I was no, for sure. I think those things are actually great. Like they sound on the surface to be really antiquated, but it's like, how are you going to build community? You know what I mean? Exactly. Right. Like I think we made a potholder and I think I remember like kind of secretly rolling my eyes. But the truth was, is that the friend I met was the other girl who was sitting on the sofa at the same meeting, rolling her eyes, you know, and like, thank God for the girl who organized the meeting to make a potholder. Right. I could have found the other eye roller and we could have been friends. Right. I did a, um, when you talk about like old school, I was in like the officer spouses club. And we had the officer spouses coffees, which I don't know why they called them coffees because they were at night and no, there was no coffee involved. But, <laughs> but it was so nice because, you know, here I was this new military spouse and like I had left my job, left my friends because you go where the army tells you you're going to go. And being in officer spouses club was actually fabulous. And then I was also in Protestant women of the chapel because <laughs> if you lived on base, I mean, there were churches in town, but we went to chapel uh-huh. and, um, you know, and it's very, it's very funny to be in a military sponsored club because on one hand, it's totally like, it was just like being in any, you know, random, you know, it was like being in Protestant Women's Chapel was a lot like being in a Bible study at my church, but it's just right. like, there's always something interesting when it's like government regulated. Like we had this party one time. <laughs> Wait, this is going in a really odd direction. No, I'm fascinated. No, no, we had this party one time. And like, you know, when the military does, I mean, I was not in the military, I was just a spouse, so I don't know for sure. But like, you know, when they do things, they do like after, obviously, like if there's an incident or a battle or whatever, um, sorry, I'm using all the wrong language, but you know, anytime the military's engaged with anything, they would do like a, you know, like a debrief, right? Like, okay, these were our objectives, you know, did we accomplish them? Like, what have we learned? And they like, you know, which is, that makes sense. You went the military doing that before, like they go off and engage the enemy, but we had a Christmas family potluck and they're like, are, they're like, okay, attention. It's 0500, <laughs> 1500. The objectives of this mission were to have fun and to create community feelings amongst spouses and dependents, which they would always <laughs> call us dependents, which is like, you know, like, People were assigned food to bring in a potluck style. The tasks completed satisfactory. There were improvements needed in desserts. And it was totally like... Is this for real? Yes, no, it was totally for real. It was like a military debrief over like a family Christmas party. (laughs) Thanks for making it awkward. (laughs) Like, okay, now that our objectives are complete, we feel comfortable releasing you for some R&R. You are to report back for duty. And you're just like... Okay. Thanks. And they were really being serious. Oh, no, no. Dead serious. It was the most So nobody, nobody saw that that would have been also a fabulous joke. <laughs> no, it was not. The military is a really interesting culture. I'm so blessed to have been a part of it. It was very interesting. But yeah, I loved Officer Spouses Club. So I'm not knocking it. Yeah, no. There's a, there's a spot for these clubs. Okay. Um, the most important club I've ever been a member of. Mm-hmm. Costco. Yes, <laughs> guys. It's not a club, Kirsten. Uh, you, do you have a membership card? Do you pay but, dues? Is it very I, organized? Is, I bet you. <laughs> it's a club. I see everybody when I go to Costco. <laughs> the 
it's also part of a culture and a way of life. It's totally a club. In fact, I was babysitting a little boy yesterday. It was like a play date. And um, I had to go return my peppers because they were moldy. And as Graham's dad and I believe wholeheartedly. Any good American return. would do, yeah. We That's return moldy food to Costco. I'm not absolutely. paying for that. Absolutely. I return it to anywhere. An <laughs> unripe cantaloupe. I mean, we cannot stand for that. Like, no. how many times have you opened a piece of fruit and been like, this is not a good piece of fruit and just thrown it in the trash? That would never fly in my house. Well, see, I'll do that at a regular grocery store. But like, if I'm buying like an $8 multi, you know, a giant economy pack, no. No, I'm returning to Costco. So I'm like, I got to go return my peppers to Costco. And my kids are rolling their eyes. And I said, we can get samples. And they're like, yeah, we'll go. And this little boy had never been sampling at Costco. And it was just such a special moment. You're <laughs> sampling. He's we like, go. I just get to try everything. And I'm like, any allergies? Go ahead. So yeah, <laughs> it was wonderful. A wonderful, special moment to be a part of. Uh, man, I do miss Costco. We've told then- you. And then also mops. Like I was in, we haven't really talked about actual mom clubs. Like I've been in mops before. What's uh, mops? I can't believe you don't eat mops isn't big in Birmingham. Like that's nope. shocking to me. Mothers of preschoolers. It's a oh, lovely club. It's a very okay. unfortunate acronym, uh, but it's a lovely club. So mops is great. If you're, but you said you're over that. That's the thing, right? Like we've kind of aged out of the moms club, but dear God, how necessary were oh, they? That's the thing. If you are a new mom and you're not plugged into one of these clubs, do it, do it, do it. I actually wrote an article for Raising Arizona Kids um, about mom clubs. I just remember that right now. And we talked about mops. We talked about, um, there's another group, gosh, I should, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes, but I believe it's called Moms Clubs International. I think it's just called like Moms Club. Okay. And that's great. We locally had a, a parenting group here um, where they would divide you up by the age of your children's birth. And they, you each had, you actually had a different teacher every year. So every other week we'd meet and we would learn like practical things, like actual parenting skills but mm-hmm. it was like a social coffee hour before or coffee half hour before and then on the off weeks we'd have play dates so there was a lot of social but we were also getting really good content too so things like that our our uh, local hospital they had a new mom class and it mm-hmm. turned into a club and I know a lot of people like that became their friend group so checking your husband oh, yeah. new mom like check your local hospitals where you had your baby and also like local um you know religious institutions those are great places yeah, they, they're always making clubs. Exactly. That's like truly the key for loneliness. And I think we're going to be doing, we have some shows coming up about just kind of like, you know, this weird time of parenting. I think we have some good experts coming on in the next few weeks. Um, but I remember Moms on the Hill when I lived on Capitol Hill was our mom group. And they had a, like, when you had a baby that was zero to three months, you were in, I think the, you know, rockers no that wasn't rockers and rollers oh eaters and sleepers and then you graduated i loved the names i remember that yeah eaters and sleepers and i think there was rockers and rollers those were just the kids that were just like moving around on their backs i don't know then weeblers and wobblers but every three months you would graduate but you kind of stayed with like this fun group of um, you know so they could make way for all the new moms coming in you know that because after three months you didn't have an eater and sleeper anymore um but you'd kind of graduate to the next group with your little group and that was like my, that was my, those are my friends. That's a cute, and I love how they had cute names because our group, our, our parenting group is a lot like that, but you would, they would do it by ages. So initially it was like zero to six months, six to 18 months, but it was really funny because you stayed in that, you could stay in that club where kids were in like second grade, but so eventually you're like, I'm in the 87 to 96 month club. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like every, every move on to yours, people. It's very right. cute. But, um, but here's the thing. I really haven't been a, a full-time working mom at all. Uh-huh. And and um, you were working mom 
when your first was a baby. So you were up till he was like two and a half, maybe. Right. So were you in any working mom groups? Because that's something I haven't had experience with. Oh yeah. Thanks to um, Nancy Pelosi. I mean, they just made it so easy for me. So I worked on, I worked in the Capitol at that point in time. And so remember that we're all girl power. So we had a, you know, a Senate mom staffer group, which, you know, there were few of us. Um, So we would get together and it was, I mean, let me tell you, we protected each other. If you could have crossed whatever the political bend was, it didn't matter. Like if you It were, wasn't a political group, thanks. We just said no, Nancy what? Pelosi, you sounded like it no, was a but, political group. But she was, I think she was the we're speaker. We're an apolitical showgram. Right, but she was the speaker then. And so she was, I mean, she was putting lactating rooms in and- Okay, um, or, got it. You know, it was like, it was kind of the start, I think, you know, all these kind of pilot programs start somewhere, you know, in the government. So there was just so many resources for young working moms. Okay, great. So that's like senators and staffers. Yeah, but there were there weren't any senators and <laughs> little babies. So no, we didn't have any so high. If profile. you're a senator and you're listening to this show, we can't help you. You have to. But go. now there are. I think I'm trying to think. Someone just had a baby. I forget who it is. I should look that up. But um, there is one with a with a young baby. Um, but what about dads' clubs? That's the other thing we probably haven't touched on as we kind of continue talking about clubs. There's a ton in, how about this? In, I'm sure in Birmingham, there's clubs. one or two. Yes. Can I guess? Literally, yes. Like there are like a bajillion dad's clubs. Like I almost feel in a way like we live in like a very cloistered society because the girls are always off on like a mom's retreat for their girls club. And the dads are always off like at their scotch club or their breakfast club or their dog fight golf. What does reunion. a dog fight mean? A dog fight is just how they organize kind of like golf groups, I guess. It's like a being in a golf group. Does your husband like golf? No, he doesn't. So he's not in one. Um, but I know we're, yeah. Oh, but wait. Like, but when you do talk about, when you do talk about golf, sorry, we'll, we'll get to dads in one second. But I, we also do not touch on one important factor of clubs. It's like, what about people who play tennis? What, you know, tennis is like a big thing. Oh yeah. Tennis is the big club. Being but on I don't a tennis know. team is like a club. And then I think golfing is another one which we haven't aged into because I don't know anyone who is my age who has time for golf. Um, but I think there's running clubs too. And I think for some people, like yeah. maybe kind of getting back to who's going to organize it, you, it's like a, it's an informal club, but the people you work out with, if you go to like the same exercise class, that's almost like a club. Yeah, no, I think so. I mean, it's, it's, but I do think there's a little more structure. Like we don't want to miss the structure. There are many times when people meet informally. But I'm talking about. I yes. was in a running club, though. I will say we met like we had like specific mornings we would meet, and we would run, and then we'd like talk for 15 minutes. Right. And it was a lovely way to start our day. It was when our kids were in preschool, though, so we had an extra hour. Um. Now I don't think. Well, now we're all like all the people who were in it. Our kids are all in school, so we're kind of like, do you want to wake up at five? No. No. Well, we want to run at like 7:30. So. Right. Um. So yeah. it's the perfect time. But that was a lovely, that was really lovely. And I love doing something physical in the club. Like I love sitting around and having wine with my friends, but like, it's also, it's, I much prefer going on a walk or going on a hike. Like every time we're together with our college friends, we always do like a five hour walk. We just walk all day long. Oh yeah. I that's love our, that. That's our joy. Walking. That's our joy. I, yeah. I've actually missed you. I wish we could just go on a walk. Um, can we end the show with something really cool? We're not done with men's clubs. Oh, men's clubs. Okay. Um, fantasy football league. I think that counts as a club. Like there are so many guys here who are in fantasy football leagues wherein they literally take trips places to do the football draft. No, like, totally. And I know 
common thing here to, to have guys say like, yeah, man, like this weekend we're going to Vegas because it's our fantasy football league draft. <laughs> okay. So I know a guy who's in a fantasy football league and what they do is they all have to pay to be in the club, like, mm-hmm. you know, order, order and structure. And right. then um, whoever wins gets to choose where they go on a trip. I like that. Isn't that fun? So like I, I, I won fantasy football. I get to pick where, so, so they, it's like basically these guys will all take a trip together every year, but they, that's how they pick where to go is whoever won fantasy football. Um, but yes. And then I don't know if this is really a club, but fantasy football got me thinking about, um, about like March Madness and the brackets. We used to do a bachelor bracket and it wasn't a club, but it was a good virtual club. Where like oh, there'd yeah. be an email every week about how you were doing, and that was really fun to like have a bachelor bracket. Oh, to see who got eliminated on the bachelor. Yeah, yeah, to see who gets the final rose, and we <laughs> all had to put in like ten dollars to do it, and then at the end, like whoever won got got all the money, and then there was like a second place. You had to like <laughs> sign and say you wouldn't look at any spoilers. It was great. So you watch the first night and then you bet on it. And then also along the same lines, it's not a club, but because we're talking about all these other things and I'm taking you down a rabbit hole, we were in a death pool for Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. You know, I think the new one's coming up soon. Harrison's very excited. Oh yeah. They've been saying yeah. that for like three years, but, but it was oh, really? so bummer because okay. it was a season where like no one died. It's so, like episode one, we're all still tied. Episode two, still tied. Episode three. <laughs> oh it was really fun so uh yeah that was a good one um yeah and then wrote about virtual clubs I think that's maybe the last topic to talk about because it is interesting how we live in an age now where you can have online communities that in a lot of cases I think are as are strong as real life communities really I think so like I've and maybe it's more of a class but I feel like I've been in like I've taken an online course every once in a while you know and you do that oh. and you have like a, a secret Facebook group or mm-hmm. um, okay. and then, one of our very first sponsors a long time ago was a was a um was a digital they were like a camera learn how to work your DSLR camera group and they had a club but that's not a club like I don't know I don't think you build relationships with other people through that well, like I was in like a, when I was doing more writing, I was in a writing club, a virtual, like I took a course and then we had a Facebook group and people will still post like opportunities or what they're writing. And it's kind of, I mean, it's not like they're not my best friends, but it's, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's neat to see what everybody's doing and to, oh, you know, I'm not writing anymore, but I still follow it. But they say, you know, like, oh, I just posted this article and everyone will read it and say like, great job. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of nice. But yeah, you're right. You're right. I think there's something, especially these days about face-to-face meetings with people. Okay, maybe this then. Maybe a lot of clubs, if you can't find it, if we're sitting here stressing about how do I organically start this, mm-hmm. you know, there are like lots of meetup.coms. So you can kind of find the club you're looking for. I think we need our listeners to email us some extra clubs that they're in because they're a bajillion. Like we haven't scratched the surface. I don't even want to like, I mean, I could name another 20 different clubs, but I want to hear what everyone else is up to. So I love that you could name another 20 different clubs. And yeah, well, because I, and then they start to get an, you know, kind of kooky too. Like I was thinking about all the, not like hamburger club, which is totally everyone can relate to. Right, exactly. Well, an investment club, that's a good one where everyone gets together, pools their money and buys stocks. Did I tell you that my six-year-old is in a class action lawsuit? <laughs> As my father says, you're nobody until you've been sued. <laughs> you so that's good. It's like a notch on his belt. Okay. Well, because he, we got, he wanted to like learn how to invest. So 
he, we got this little app and I think we like, you know, put, I don't know, not, not very much money, like $15 in his account or something. So he bought the, the cheapest stocks. There's a reason they were so cheap. But we were just oh, he's buying penny stocks. stocks. <laughs> and then the company went under and I swear he must've invested like $2 in the stock. And they probably already said to him like, you know, $75 worth of <laughs> anyway okay yeah so um great to talk to you about clubs I wish I lived closer to you and I could be in some of these amazing clubs you've got going but I do think the takeaway is that we're pro club within moderation but if you're going to do it do it right have it organized have it structured and we would love to hear from you on what clubs are adding fulfillment to your life and fun you think I think welcome home No, I didn't know. The bigger dog went to go sniff a fire hydrant and my dog, being like, yep, this fire hydrant's one of my favorites. You're going to love it. Whips up his leg and pees on the other dog's head. Oh, no. <laughs> my kids are like, no one pet the dog's head. It's got dog pee on it. And I'm like, oh. how did that happen? Like, oh, because our dog peed on the other dog's head. You're going to have to wash that dog before you give it back. Wait, we took my dog to a friend's house over Christmas. And they have a dog and it's fine. Our dog walked into their house and peed on their Christmas tree. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm liking him a little less just then. <laughs>